Get ready. As we get ready for the word of the Lord today. Amen. Well, as Jesus, Jesus said to his disciples at the Passover, how I long to eat this supper with you. How many know that scripture? And uh, for me as a preacher, you know, that's my job. That's my calling. Uh, it's a calling that I, I didn't really want to do. Um, I, I think if you want to be a preacher, uh, generally something is wrong. It has to be God's chastened calling. And uh, as a preacher, I'm always in two worlds. Do I preach what uh, needs to be preached or do I preach what uh, the Lord is saying? And, and all those often marry together. In my own personal life, as I travel uh, across the world, sometimes even this week I was in London uh, doing a radio show for, I don't know if anybody listened to Premier Radio, you would have heard the radio interview, and then this week we're off to UCB Radio as well. God has given us favor. Would you say favor? favor. Uh, we didn't ask for this, they asked for us, and uh, I'm not ashamed. Would you say not ashamed? I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rather preach it on secular radio than Christian radio. Uh, they asked us, but my heart is to be on secular radio. I want to go to the nation, to the UK, and tell them that Jesus is the answer. Oh, come on now. I don't want to just stir up Christians. Christians need to stir themselves up. I want to get to the radio and to wherever we can just to preach the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, at my devotional time, as I travel, or I'm on a train, or I'm on a plane, I just thinking this week, man, I just need to go into, I was in the car, the plane, the train, I just need to go on a bicycle and a boat, and I've completed my traveling mission. Um, but the Lord has been speaking to me out of the book of Hosea. Anybody ever heard a book called Hosea before? Not Jose, he's not Mexican. He's not a Mexican prophet, Jose, but Hosea. He's one of the minor prophets, and now I stand before you in trepidation as I got a school of students graduating, sat in front of me as scholars and teachers of the Old and New Testament. Well, hopefully I could learn something from you, and you could learn something from me. Um, but I want to talk to you about God's unconditional love for His people. Amen. Come on, church. I want to talk to you about God's, would you say it? God's unconditional love. For his people. Which do you know that God loves you? Alright, five of you knew that. The rest of you, this is going to be a, re a revelation from heaven. And the book of Hosea sort of encapsulate the amazing story of God's love for his people. When God asked a prophet to marry a prostitute. Knowing that she would betray him. Knowing that she would be unfaithful. Yet God uses Hosea to bring the word of the Lord to the people that despite of their behavior, despite of their lifestyle, despite of cheating on God, God still loves you. He's got a plan for you and he's got a purpose for you. How many of you are glad for second chances with God? Come on, can I say, how many of you are glad for second chances with God? Well, love is one of those things that is powerful. Do you remember do you remember when you're in love? How many of you still now, you're in love? Come on, if you're in love, raise your hands. Come on, Martin, get that hands raised, nipping. Come on, come on, my Sri Lankan brothers, get them hands up in the air. I don't want to find you in a bin somewhere where your wife 
put you in a dumpster and sell you off? How many of you are in love? If you're in love, will you raise your hands? It's the Greek word agape. If you want to know a little Greek, you say it to your wife, agape mu. Agape mu. Not mu like a cow. Agape mu means I love you. I love you. And God's love is so unconditional, so wonderful. Now, for me, love and songs go together. How many of you got a favorite love song? I don't mean just a church song. All right. I know Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. But I'm talking about the, 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 the amazing love song. Is my mic destroying? There you go. The first time I started preaching, I went through five mics on the first time I had to preach. Sarah, you remember that? Five microphones I destroyed. So it's nothing new to me. All right? But love songs are important because it carries a sense of real love. Now, what I did is I went back through my playlist and I chose some love songs today that I want to play for you. Do you want to hear some of my love songs? Now, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to warn you. There are no country songs in this. All right, so you country folks, there ain't no, if you're from Asia, there ain't no Indian songs in this, all right? All right, so I know there are a lot of love songs, but these are some love songs. And what I want to do is I want a little bit of participation, all right? Are you ready to participate? And, and if these love songs mean, meant something to you, or you find that you know this love song, or you're in, you're in on it. I want you to just jump up and you don't have to dance with your married partner. If you want to, you can, but we're just going to play them. And I want you to, I want you, if they mean something to you, honestly, if the song meant something to you, it was a song that you listened to. I want you to stand up. It may not mean nothing to all of you, but especially the new horizons. Any new horizons here? Yeah. All right. So we're going to play this. Song. Are you ready, Andy? Are you ready? The pastor, the new pastor in Trinidad and Tobago, we're going to send them. Your church was asking for you. <laughs> all right. Okay, can we play these songs now? Let's drop the bass on these, all right? Let's go. Come. No one's going to stand for this one? No one. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Here we go. Patton, Eustace, Nico. There you go. Anybody? Nobody for Elvis. Wow. Oh, there you go. Amethyst. All right, let's see if we'll get anybody. Remain standing, remain standing. Oh, let's see who's going to stand. Oh, oh, he brought, brought the church down. Oh, Trisha, easy, easy. <laughs> remain standing. Oh, Kululeko, come on, let's see that. All right, all right. Let's see what else is going to come on. Remain standing if it means to you. Oh! Come on, come on. What sort of church is this? Come on. Come on. If it is in you, come on. I wish you knew the worship song so good. Look at Mark Rowley's dropping the bass. There you go. All right, let's see what else, what else is going to come up. Oh, this is me and Sarah's song. This is me. This is, this is my wife and I's song. There you go. There you go. 
Where are my kids? My kids are going to be embarrassed. Because this is our song. Come on. Andy, you haven't stand up yet. There you go. There you go. There you go. Let's see. Is there any more? Is that it? Is there more? Let's see. You know, there's no one like Whitney. Come on. <laughs> oh, there ain't nobody like Whitney, aren't there? <laughs> Look at Faith. Faith has her hands worshiping. This should be a worship song. Can we sing this for worship? <laughs> All right, let's see how the next one. <laughs> All right, well. Amen, 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 amen. Well, if I didn't play your love song, I ended in 1992 because that's not the year love finished, but it's because... The modern love songs, I don't know if it's like, I don't know how to say it, but it's some of the songs are not really, anybody know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like, I just sing, you look at the video and think, Jesus, Jesus, please look away right now. Don't let your eyes go all over the earth, not on that video. And uh, so, but you know, there's something about love that inspires us, that it quenches your thirst. It fills the hungry belly. Oh, wow, no amen. All the single people are going, really? Does it really? But even more so than human love is God's unconditional love for his people. That when he sees us, when he sees you, his child, he wants you to know unconditionally above all other things, he loves you with all of his heart, all of his mind, and all of his soul. And the book of Hosea amplifies that message. So if you got your Bibles, go with me to the book of Hosea. It's in the Old Testament, right after the book of Daniel. You'd find a minor prophet, Hosea. Hosea is a minor prophet, not because of his importance, but mainly because of the size of the book. And Hosea was a prophet in his time. And I did a study on Hosea as I am in research and writing a new book. But I am doing a little bit more research into this. And as I read this book of fresh 14 chapters, and I went through weeks of studying the book of Hosea, you soon realize this, that if you have an understanding of the book of Hosea, then you would understand how much clearer throughout the Old Testament, especially what it means when God says he loves his people. You see, in our world, love is cheap. Oh, come on now. In our world, love is cheap. Love starts today and ends tomorrow. I was reading one of the Hollywood actors, I think it was Nicholas Cage, who got married on one day and then three days later he wants a divorce. He said, I was just too drunk. Because that's how love is treated. Even with the superstars and the Hollywood stars and the people on the screen, there is no real essence of what love is. 
Now love is a feeling. If we don't feel in love, we can walk out and we could turn our back on things. But I want to tell you this, that God always loves his people. And the book of Hosea amplifies this message. As you study this book, I just want to whet your appetite as I do an exegetical approach to the book of Hosea that would hopefully leave you with a reassurance that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're about to face, the God who loves you is going to pursue you. The God who loves you is for you. And the Lord who died for you will never leave you abandoned. Oh, bro, come on now. He's the Lord that never fails. And as I begin to study the book of Hosea, I realize this, that being a prophet is a hard job. Being a prophet, you know, we have the school of prophets. You read in the Old Testament, but when God calls you with a prophetic burden, as I travel often and I do prophetic words, it's a heavy burden. But the Old Testament prophet is very different to what we see today pre-cross, post-cross, that they were pointing to Jesus to come. And Hosea, if you're writing notes, if you do, do what I do, I have my Bible and I go through my Bible with highlighters and I make notes in my Bible. That's why it's good to uh, write down stuff. Hosea's name means salvation. Write it down. His name means what? Salvation. In other words, Hosea was going to bring salvation to the people of Israel because the time of Hosea was a time where the nation lusted after the things of their world. They were into the wealth and into the Canaanite gods. And they were into being so much into the land they were in. They blended into the land and their love for the Lord had grown cold. And God spoke to the prophet Hosea and he said, My people have sold themselves to whoredom. Strong words. He's saying they've... They've sold themselves as prostitutes to the things of this world. And they've forsaken their true love. And my, 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 my cry to you and the cry out of the book of Hosea is that although we live in this world, like Jesus says, we are not to be part of this world. Our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in the life to come. Now the book of Hosea, I want to read a portion of it to you. Have you got it? Would you say amen? amen. Hosea chapter 1, 2 to 9. And the Lord gave this message to Hosea, the son of Berah, during the years of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Verse 2, the Lord first began to speak into Israel through Hosea, and he said to him, go marry a prostitute. Now, by the way, let me just stop there and put a footnote. She was not a prostitute when he married her. He is a prophet. Somebody say prophet. But he knew what his wife will do. Did you hear what I just said? She was not a prostitute. He didn't go out in there. Could you imagine a prophet hanging out in that area? It ain't going to work. She was like any other lady. She was an Israelite. But God showed her life and said, despite how unfaithful she's going to be to you, and she's going to sell her body in the street corner, I want you to marry her and give her all your love. So Hosea, a prophet, is the only one who's privy to this council. Everybody else, it's a happy occasion. And I think for Hosea too, he was happy in love. And I'll show you how he was truly in love. When the Lord said, go marry a prostitute so that some of your children will be conceived in prostitution. Lord Jesus. And this will illustrate how Israel has acted. Remember, Israel is his people, church. Has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. 
So Hosea married Gomer, the daughter of Dalba. And she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son. And a son, the Lord said, name the child Jezreel, for I'm about to punish King Joe's dynasty and avenge the murders he had committed at Jezreel. In fact, I will bring an end to Israel's independence and I will break its military power in the Jezreel Valley. And you can pick up that in 2 Kings 10. Soon, Gomer became pregnant again and she gave birth to a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, name your daughter Lurahomah, not loved. Wow. Strong words. For I will no longer show love to the people of Israel or forgive them. Wow. But I will show love to the people of Judah. And I will free them from their enemies, not with the weapons and armies or horses and chariots, but by my power as their God. And as Gomer had weaned Lurahomah, she again became pregnant and gave birth to the second son. Uh, and the Lord said, name him Lo-Ami, not my people. For Israel is not my people, and I am not their God. What a sad state of affairs. God wanted a people after his own heart. If you read any of the New Testament, when God created the world and he, he chose the children of Israel, they were his love. They were the apple of his eye. They were the special people that God so loved and he had poured out his blessing. He had rescued them for the Egyptians. Come on, church. He had brought them out of sin and slavery. And he had came to the point where he said, no more. In fact, if you read Hosea chapter 2 and verse 2, he says, Now I bring these charges against Israel, your mother. She will be no longer my wife. And I am no longer her husband. Tell her I would remove the prostitute's makeup from her face and I would remove her clothing and expose her nakedness to the world. Such strong feeling it was to God about his people. And when we begin to read this, you can soon be fooled into this that God is an angry God. God is angry. God, God does not love people. God just wants to, wants, to, wants to destroy them. Why is God so angry? Because God is jealous for you. God loves you so much, church. He loves us so much. As much as a husband would love a wife, God loves you more than that. He loves you so much that the Bible says that he is a jealous God. You shall have no other God beside the Lord your God. And often in our world, we have other gods. We have the gods of our job and the gods of our possessions and the gods, gods of whatever we do and the gods of our own importance. And God is speaking to the people of Israel like he's speaking to the church. I want you and you alone. Don't give yourself to anything else but me. When you begin to read this, you understand these three things. Write it down. Number one, love that outshine is a love that pursues. Love that outshines is a love that pursues. If you're new to the Bible, this is in the Old Testament. Before Jesus came on the earth and died and fulfilled the law. This was a time where the people of God were just called the Israelites. This was a time where he had a chosen people. But when Jesus came and he died, God's plan from the beginning of time was that all his people would love him with all his heart, with all their heart. And his desire is that all of us would only have one true love, and that is for God. Love that outshines is a love that pursues. Gomer's lifestyle. Let me tell you a little bit about her lifestyle. This would have been a happy occasion, the wedding, by the way. 
No one would have been privy. This was not written. No one knew what Goma was going to become like. This was a match made in heaven. Hosea was madly in love with a woman that he knew would betray him. Almost gives you the glimpse of Jesus who loved his disciples. And even on that team was a Judas who he loved and washed his feet. Yet Judas did what? Betrayed him. She became or behaved like a prostitute given her own desires to other men. Hosea chapter 2 verse 5. It says the mother is shameless prostitute and became pregnant in shameful ways. She said I'll run after other lovers. I'll sell myself to them for food and for water, for clothing, for wool, for linen, for olive oil and for drinks. She committed adultery while she was with Hosea. He was a prophet and he knew fully what was going on. Listen, sometimes when you're in a relationship, you don't need to be a prophet that knows that something's not right. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Oh, come on now. Don't look at me in that tone. I don't think Hosea need to call on his prophetic unction to realize that Goma was up to no good. But yet he still loved her with all his heart. She committed adultery while she was him. She left him for another man. And as you read Hosea chapter 3, chapter 3, sorry, I just came from Trinidad, chapter 3, chapter 3, chapter 3. As you read Hosea chapter 3, you'd realize that the lover she was with had enough and sold her into slavery. So here she is, an Israelite mother, standing on the slavery's block. Stripped down, revealing her nakedness as the people in the city bidded for the prophet's wife. Could you imagine the reputation of that prophet? How many want him in your church? How many want him to come in your house? And why did God do all this? To show you and I how he feels when we his people run after the things of this world and not after him. She finds herself on there. Historians tell us they would have shaved her hair. Uncovered her nakedness. Stood her in a place where Israelites, children of God, will never be. In the Canaanite world. Because such was her sin that had led her to total depravity. And when Hosea finds his wife in her dark, gloomy streets... He found a woman who is now about to be sold to become somebody's slave for the rest of her life. It's a glimpse into Gomer's lifestyle for sin produce, what sin produces in everyone's life who touches. Listen, a lifestyle of unrepentant sin may bring pleasure for a time, but eventually sin will lead to ruin. Sin will lead to destruction and sin will even lead to death. Sin always leaves its marks and eventually sin will lead its victims to hell. Romans 6 verse 23 tells us, For the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. No one ever gets away from the wages of sin. Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will reap. Numbers 32, 23. But if you do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord. And be sure your sin will find you out. 
We may think that God don't see. God knows everything. God knows the deep things of our heart. Let it be as Gomer's lust. In Hosea 1 verses 6 to 9, Hosea and Gomer marriage produced three children with extremely gloomy but prophetical significant names. If you're pregnant and expecting kids, don't consider any of these names. But the first one is Jezreel, which means God scatters or so, which means judgment is coming. Most scholars would tell you that this was indeed Hosea's child. This one. He knew that this was his son. This was his child. And it was a prophetic word to the children of Israel that you cannot hide from judgment. In our world where we live in a world that we just want grace and niceness and forgiveness. Yes, that's part of it. But God is a God of vengeance. God is a God of order. If a man sows in sin, he will reap in sin. My father was talking to me while I was in Trinidad and uh, we were hoping to have him with us. And, and we were chatting. Andy and Desmond was in the car. They might have picked up on the conversation. And my dad was sharing his burden as now a retired preacher that travels to churches. And he said often he preached and people will say, some people will say good sermon. Some people would say nothing. He said one time he was in a place and he heard there were two people preaching. He was the one after. There was one before and they were like good sermon, good sermon. And my dad said the guy said nothing. He just made everybody happy and smile, jumped up and down, and it was a good sermon. And he said to me, our world has lost the idea that only when we hear something we like, we class it as good. Sometimes God will bring something that you totally dislike, but it is good for you. Jezreel was one of those messages. Judgment is coming. The second one is Lord Rahmah, which means not loved. Can you imagine naming a baby not love? Or no mercy? Remember, these are prophetical names. These names have a meaning to the children of Israel. And he was saying that this is not your child. Hosea, this is not yours. The last one was Loami, which means a stranger. This is not my people. If I was to close this message and leave, send you all home, you'd be the most depressed people in all of this world. But I want to tell you, where there is rebellion, there is repentance. And where there is repentance, there is redemption. The implication from the text is very clear that the first child was Hosea's, the other two was not. Gomer was guilty of violating her marriage vows and eventually Gomer abandoned her family to pursue her lust for sin. Could you imagine a mother so taken by her own lust that she leaves her children? Could you imagine? The pictures of Israel's spiritual condition, they lusted after the gods of the Canaanites and they abandoned the gods of their fathers. Like a lost sinner, so is the story of Gomer. James chapter 1 verse 4 said, Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. We've got to make sure our desires is for the Lord. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2, 1 and 3. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and, and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander, the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. Look at the scripture. Following the passions and desires and inclination of our sinful nature. By our very own nature, we were subject to God's anger just like anyone else's. But Hosea receives this message. 
Look at Hosea chapter 3. And this is the message of hope. Somebody say hope. Hosea received this message in chapter 3. The Lord said to me, Hosea, go and love your wife again. Even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate the Lord still loves Israel. Wow. How many are blown away by that? Go and, go and love your wife again, although she commits adultery. This will illustrate that God still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. And without hesitation, without a, even a hint of hesitation, Hosea dresses and goes to look for Goma. He's deeply in love. You see, love carries the idea of forgiveness. Oh, come on, church. Love carries the idea of second chances. Love carries the idea that no matter how deep we are in sin and how far we have drifted away from God, that God still has a plan for us. Hosea went and he looked for her. And it was a picture of God's unconditional love to his people. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Ephesians 2 verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love, he, he which he loves us. Number two, love is not only pursues, but love is ready to pay the price. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, That he what? Gave his only son. Jesus became the ransom for many. How many glad Jesus died for you? And that was the unconditional love of God. That no matter how much you and I get trapped in our sin. That Jesus died for us. The book of Romans tells us that even though while we were yet sinners. God loved us and he died for us. And he purchased us with his blood. You and I were stood on the block. Ready to be sold to the sin of this world. But Jesus, come on church. But Jesus intercepted the sale. When Satan had an auction and he was trying to take the hearts of the people. Jesus stepped in and he says, no, not this one. Condemn no more. I love you with unfailing love. And he bought you back with a price. This is a picture that love is ready to pay the price for you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what block you stand on, no matter how you feel like life is going nowhere, I am here to tell you this, that God loves you unconditionally. He has a plan for you and his plan is to give you peace and prosper. His plan is to bring good things your way. You may have looked at your past, but God is looking at your future because every day with Jesus is going to be better than anything this world has to offer you. So Hosea goes off and he Looks for his wife. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 3. So I brought her back. For 50 pieces of silver. Five bushels of barley. And a measure of wine. And then I said to her. You must live in my house for many days. And stop your prostitution. During this time. We will have no relations with anyone. Not even with me. Could you imagine the prophet going through the streets at night. In his cloak. Looking for his wife. Could you imagine a prophet? Do you know the sort of areas he had to go in? As a man of God, he found himself in streets and back alleys. And then finally, 
and the gloom and the darkness and the noise and the, the drunkenness and the bidding and the, there's all the stuff that that area carries suddenly in a distance. He sees Gomer, his wife, stood naked. The love of his life, his wife, stood naked. And people are bidden. One shekel, two shekels. I have two and a half shekels. People are throwing stuff at her, spitting at her, their place. And this is a woman that a husband loved. And Hosea, could you imagine what he would be feeling inside as he looked to the wife of his dreams and he sees her in that place? And without hesitation, Hosea, Hosea, did the unthinkable. I'll pay 50 shekels for her. That was as much as for five slaves. The people who were sold in her was like, yeah, sail done, go. Take this dirt. You don't need this anymore. And Hosea grabbed his wife, embraced her, covered her nakedness, took her back to the home and said, your children is waiting for you. I love you so much. This is my love to you. I am never going to let you go. You would stay in my home. You will stop this lifestyle. You don't even have to sleep with me. You don't have to do nothing. I just want you in my home. And that is God's love for his people. That no matter what state we find ourselves in, that God does not want stuff from us. God is not after, oh, give me your money or give me this. God just wants you unconditional you. He loves you with mess and all. He just wants to embrace you and say, as you messed up, just as a sinner, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me and I would make it peace again. Come to me and you would be mine and I would be your lover and we'll sing them love songs again. And I would always love you. That's the story of love. The fact is, you and I would probably not enter a relationship if we knew it was going to go that way. But that is to show you how big our God's love is. Hosea paid the full price. 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 to 19 says, For you know that God's paid the ransom. Somebody say ransom. God paid the ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lost their value. It was paid. Come on, church. It was the blood of Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Jesus died for you. He hung on the cross for you and I. He became the price, the 50 shekels. He became that price that purchased me. Jesus was willing to suffer pain and shame, the public humiliation, even being separated from God to redeem his people. Number one, write this down. Jesus, he was mistreated by the Roman soldiers. Even the Roman soldiers. Could you imagine what went through Jesus' mind? He's on the cross dying for people and the Roman soldiers are gambling over his tunic. Secondly, he was ridiculed by the Jewish leaders. His own people, he was ridiculed by Thirdly, he was mocked by the thief next to him. Even on the cross, Jesus seemed to find no peace. And lastly, he endured this so that he could make a lavish purchase and redeem his people. Hosea 
paid the price. The Bible says, so I bought her to me. She's my wife. She's mine. She's mine. I bought her on a price. You know when God sees you, you know what he thinks? You are mine. Did you know that? You know when God sees you, and I know we live in a world where people, sometimes we don't feel valued, but I want to tell you this. When God sees you, he looks you square in the eyes, and he says, you are mine. I paid the price for you. I love you so much, I died for you. And ain't nobody going to take you from me. Ain't nobody going to rip you away from man. You are not going to end up on the wage block of sin no more. You are mine. How many are grateful God bought you? How many of you would say, man, I should have been... How many of you would be honest enough to say, I should have been condemned and sold for my sin? Come on, how many are honest enough to say, I should have been condemned and what? Sold. But Jesus intercepted like Hosea did. And he bought us with a price. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. God becomes the person's father. 1 John 3 to 1, it says it this way. See how very much father loves us for he calls us his children and that we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. John 10, 28, I give them the eternal life and they will never perish. No one could snatch them away from me. The story is told of this little boy who spent some of his summer vacation making a little boat. And he spent hours bringing the wood together, all the popsicle sticks and, and, and gluing it and painting it and putting tar underneath it and making a little mast so the wind can take it. And <clears throat> finally came the day that he could take it down to the lake and he ran down that early summer's morning and he took the little boat that he spent all his hours making and he went by the lake and he popped it in the water and he pushed it. And as he pushed it, it began to move out and a gust of wind taked it and the sail filled with the wind and the boat began to move out. And the little boy, in love and awe, then in panic, realized his boat is getting away from him. And the boat is going, and he's waiting, he's waiting. And before you know it, the boat that he made is long gone. He lost his boat. He came home crying. He ran to the house. He burst open the door, ran up to his bedroom, slammed the door. The mom, so confused, said to the little boy, What is wrong? Did it not work? He said, No, it worked too well. He said, It's gone. It's gone. And he cried himself to sleep. For days he wouldn't eat. One day he was in the city center. And he's walking by some stores. And there in a second-hand shop, in the window, is his boat. And he sees it and he goes, he ran into the store and he opens the store. And he picks it off the shelf and he says, you are mine, you are mine. And the store owner comes over and says, just wait a minute, sonny. That is my boat, you can't just take that. No, 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 no. You don't understand, sir. I made this with my hands. See, see, that's where I painted it. And that's my initials. And, and, and that's where, that's where I, when I painted it, I made a mistake and I cover it up. You can see why I glued it. And he said, I understand what you're saying, but I bought this boat from someone. So if you want my boat, you got to pay for it. The little boy had no money. So the boat went back into the shop window. He went on to work all summer and saved enough money to come back 
and buy his boat. He ran to the store and he ripped it off the shelf and he ran to the store owner and he fling all the money on the countertop and the, while the store owner is counting the money, he's holding the boat like this. I ain't letting this go. I ain't letting this go. And as he's holding that there, the store owner is counting the money. He said, price paid. And he walked out. And the store owner can hear the little boy, you are all mine. You are mine twice over. I made you with my hands. Now I bought you with my money. You are mine. You are mine. You are mine. Yes, you are all mine. You know, that is a story to illustrate what God thinks about us. That you might have sailed off to the things of this world. You might have the things of this world caught up with your life. That it has pushed you to a side of the lake where you feel like all hope is lost. And my life is going nowhere. But Jesus came and he purchased you for an eternal plan. That he came this morning through the songs we're singing and through the worship and the time together. To say, you know what? You are mine. You are mine. Yes, you are all mine. Because he loves you unconditionally. Goma goes back. To her husband. Lives in Israel. He raises those children. There's a plan. That God loves you. See love not only pursues. Love not only has to pay the price. But love has an eternal purpose. Write it down the third one. Love has an eternal purpose. When Hosea. Brought Gomer. It was simply because he loved her. He wanted to help her out of, his, out of her mesh. Could you imagine? Wouldn't that make such a great movie today? Hollywood is short of love stories. Do you know that? They're sending out people to write love stories for them. Somebody should send the book of Hosea to them. It's the love that the world discarded. You see, you and I were the stones that the builders, what? Rejected. But God found us in our mess, in our filth, in our sin. And he redeemed us. You know what? I am so grateful for what God did. And saving my life. You know, I, I'm, I'm not anybody special or anybody great. I, I, in my mind, I, I'm least of the apostles. I'm least of whoever. I'm just doing what God called me to do. And often I think to myself, if it was me to choose me, I wouldn't choose me. I'd choose somebody else. But you know what? God looks past our own insecure feelings. God looks past our feelings that we feel like we're not good enough. You know, there's a devil that lies to his people that says that you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're condemned, you would go nowhere. But you know what? The message of the cross is a message that God will say, I would welcome you back. One of the greatest strengths of the church throughout history is bringing prodigals home. I'll say that again. One of the greatest strengths of the church throughout history is bringing prodigals home. Whenever sometimes somebody makes a mistake or messes up, it's not our opportunity to pull them down. It's our opportunity to build them up into God's love. It's to tell them you are loved by God. No matter what you're going to, God has a plan for you and he has an eternal purpose for you that whatever the enemy has designed for evil, God will turn around for good. You see, God don't want us to stay in our mess. He wants a new character. Write it down. The eternal purpose has a new character. 2 Corinthians 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. While I was in Trinidad, 
last week, and uh, both uh, Desmond and Andy was with me. I came into my church that I grew up. And you know, when you grow up in a church uh, in another country, some of you would know what I mean, and you go back and you visit, especially as a preacher, they always want you to do stuff, say stuff. So they had me down to preach. And little did I know when I walked through the doors of that my old church that I grew up in as a little kid, as a baby, all through to now. Little did I know that one of my childhood bros would be sat in there. And he came over, dreadlocks, all the way down there. Jeans and shirt. I mean, he was, he'd just been out of prison two years ago. Two, uh, two counts of murder. I won't tell you how it went about, but it was pretty bad. And there he is, sat in church. I introduced him to Des and Andy. In fact, all of my friends I introduced them to, they were like, do you have any normal friends that didn't like kill somebody? And he was sat there in church with his children around him. He is notorious throughout that region. People know who he is. And as I preach the gospel and he's there, he's already saved. I did the appeal and I see him come around with his family and all of them hand in hand kneeling. Like this. Daddy, a wife, and three kids. Tears running down their eyes. And he's crying uncontrollably. I've known him since I was 15 years old. And he's saying to me, Pastor Chip, I said, dude, it's strange. You call me Pastor Chip. He said, you know what? I have never known a love like this. In that same service, a young lady gave her heart to the Lord. In fact, about 10 or 12 of them became Christians. She's about 24 years old. She was born to a prostitute in Trinidad. She is now a prostitute herself. She has four kids that she don't know who the dad is, and she has other kids that died because her body was so young that she couldn't handle the prostitute, the body couldn't carry the babies, and they died. And in that service, that girl gave her heart to Jesus. And she sat and knelt on the other side of the altar, and she's shaking and crying, shaking and crying and and weeping. And I, I said to the guys, I think it was Andy or, or one of the boys, I said to them, you know what, get her a book. Pray for her. Give her something. And that, that same girl, as I found out today, she was in church last week. She's in church today. She's coming along. Her knife, they're trying to get out of that lifestyle. They're trying to bring her to a life where she can find freedom in church. And life. that is the love of God that no matter where you come from, God has a plan to redeem his people. I heard she came to church for the first time with her babies. And she went to junior church with my junior church teacher who taught me in JC, who was teaching her. And and they sat down and she went through the same scriptures. These little, little, beady little kids sit down on the floor. And that is the unfailing love of Jesus that no matter where we come from, no matter our heritage, no matter our past, God loves you. Unconditionally, he loves you. It's a new covenant. He's purchased you. It's a new price. The second one, not only is it a new character, it's a new commitment. He 
he shows her that he loves her again. And he gives her time to heal. You know, God gives us time. God don't rush. How many glad God don't rush us? Come on, how many glad God don't rush us? You know, people can rush us. People can try to get us into situations where we move down the line quickly. But God takes his time. Hosea not only brings her back. He said, uh, you would have your own room. And and don't worry, I'm not going to come and invade your privacy or even your bed. I'm just going to leave you there. And when you're ready to be mommy again, me and the kids will be here for you. That is the grace of God. How many thank God for his grace? That we can just come in. And when we're ready to be who we want to be, God will say, I'm no hurry. Take your time. I've got eternity. I'm just waiting for you. See, most of us look at ourselves and we think, and here's the lie of the devil. Oh, you know, how long have you been going to church? How long have you been a Christian? And you've not done this and you've not done that. And you should be further now. And you, No, no, you could only be where God wants you to be. Listen to this. God not only loves you, he forgave you. Not only he forgives you, he redeemed you. You belong to him. That is a message we need to preach to the world. That Hosea, the prophet, was saying to the children of Israel, you know what? God loves you. Don't give yourself to the Canaanite gods. Don't run after the things of this world. Because God loves you unconditionally. The third one is that there is a new new companion. I would imagine that when Hosea sacrifices money and his time and his dignity to purchase Gomer, she began to see him through different eyes. You know, we can take each other for granted. Did you know that? You know, at a funeral, no one likes a funeral and there's no such thing as a good funeral. Although I know what you're trying to say, it was a good send-off and stuff. But we shouldn't wait for a funeral to tell someone how much they mean to you. You shouldn't wait to the dying moments. You know, with Whitney in the background. And I... And then you never got to say it. Use this Mother's Day. Use this day. This God day as a day to share God's love to all the people. Even when you go out to the restaurant to eat or you go to work or whatever you do, wherever you go, use it as an opportunity to share a smile with someone. If you're in queue and you're standing and, and you, you're waiting and you're busy and somebody comes behind you and they're busy, here's something, just step aside, you know what, you go. That starts a conversation right away. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Nobody normally does that. Oh, I know. I just, I just want to sh- just give, let you go ahead, you know. And so what's your name? And, and oh, well, my name is Jill. What's your name? Jack. <laughs> oh, do you live up a hill? Yeah. I need a carrier, you know. <laughs> but but you, you, you have an opportunity to then talk to somebody. And, and you see, sometimes we try to share God loves it. I need to tell somebody. I need to tell somebody. I need to tell somebody. And you go out in the street corner. God loves you. You're going to die and go to hell. But God loves you. Just want you to know. And they're like, where though? But just be you. Just be that person who would spot them from a distance and say, you know that one? I see them in church. That one, you're coming home. This one. And you know what? Take your time and show them not only it is the grace of love, love but it's, a, it's grace of God, but it's the eternal plan that God has a new companion in their life. 
that you can bring God's people. You can bring them in to a place of total resolution. You see, the desires of God is totally amazing because he loves his people unconditionally. And I don't know where you've been this week. I don't know your background. I, really, I don't need to know much about you. But I can tell you this for fact, hand on heart. No matter how horrible you've been, God loves you. No matter how wicked you feel you are, God has a plan for you. He wants to buy you back. He wants to bring you into his kingdom. And if you would let him, if you would let him, he wants to be the new companion that walks with you the rest of your life. Would you stand and invite the worship team up? How many of you have a new level of appreciation for God's love? How many felt a new level of appreciation for God's unfailing, unfailing love? Every head bow, every eye closed. As I studied through the book of Hosea, the reality soon hits me. That all of us at times have behaved like Goma. I think it will be hard for you to say, you know, I've never behaved like that woman. Maybe you've not gone to the extent she did, but that's how God saw it. And God is a jealous God. He wants you for himself. It's God's unconditional love for his people. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. I want to give you an opportunity today. Like Gomer, who was bought with a price by Hosea, Jesus has bought us with a price. And today, you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, here is your opportunity to accept Jesus.